Bro, I'm upset with myself. I made two big mistakes. I keep saying Dan Hardy when I want to say Greg Hardy. I've always made that mistake. I don't understand why. And then I said that there's no welterweight like Russian area fighter, which I'm the biggest fan of the welterweight Russian area fighter there is right now and the wolf Hamza Chimaev. So Hamza, please forgive me. You're the best. You're, you're going to be middleweight and welterweight champion by this time next year. Nobody believes me, but I've been saying it. I will use this recording as proof. And I have text messages wherever I've said it before. Again, these Russian fighters are going to take over, bro. Like, nobody wants to believe me, but they're going to take over. Anyway, happy Halloween, everybody, from here, from Punched in the Mouth. Enjoy Halloween. Try not to get hit in the mouth, please. I just like to have fun here. I don't really like to hit people. Also, eat a Snickers in my name. That's my favorite candy. Snickers are my favorite candy. Snickers or Milky Way or Reese's. I'm not a big candy eater, but those three, they're my top three along with Warheads. But Snickers, Milky Way or Reese's. If you're eating one of those, think of me. Alright guys, enjoy Halloween. Bye-bye. Episode number six, the first fight I want to talk about from UFC 254, just so I don't forget his name because I've heard it about a thousand times and I always forget it is Akmab Shemarov. I don't even think that's his correct name, but the Kazakhstanian fighter, that guy's awesome. They're going to be the next along with the Spaniards to have like the next group of people come out of that country and be absolute killers like... The Dagestanian and the Russian fighters are now, but look out for the Kazakhstan fighters because those guys are for real. I mean, look, they have the champion in Valentina Chepchenko, and now they got this guy, Akmarov. He's the truth. He took out Alex Oliveira, the cowboy, who took out Carlos Conde, who took out this team from Will Brooks. The really high prospect coming over from Bellator and being their champion and taking out their newly signed guy, Michael Chandler. But this was years ago, but keep a lookout for that Kazakhstanian guy. He's the truth, bro. Like, I'm not like this with a lot of fighters, but this guy, I can tell he's going to be a big deal. Okay, now let's start from the beginning of the fight card. Joel Alvarez versus Alexander Yakulev. Bro, I'm so sad that Yakulev's rap career is over. Like, it's behind him. Like, I've never heard any of his bars, but he's from Russia, and I'm pretty sure it was pretty dope. 
But Joel Alvarez wins in the first round. I want to say by arm triangle. I'm not too. I don't remember the submission. It was either arm triangle or arm bar. That guy. Keep a lookout for that guy. I like these early prelims because you never know who's gonna pop up. Israel started on the early prelims. I believe his first fight was when Yoel Romero fought Luke Rockhold for the interim title. Sadly, Yoel couldn't win the title even though he won the fight. He didn't win the title because he didn't make weight. But that's besides the point. Joel Alvarez, the Spaniard. Keep a lookout for him. Next fight, Liliana Jojuna and Miranda Maverick. Liliana Jojuna was coming off an armbar win. But this Miranda Maverick chick was on a whole nother level, bro. Like, she cut her nose up. So, like, she was beating her down so bad that she cut her nose that the doctor came in to stop the fight because of how bad the cut was. That Liliana was pleading with the doctor, but he just stopped it because they couldn't stop the bleeding. The cut was bad. They just didn't want it to get worse. But look out for Miranda Maverick. And Maverick's her last name. It's not a nickname. That's her actual last name. She's a school teacher, bro. Like, I heard while she was training, she was grading during fight week and stuff like that. And she said, imagine, if you think I'm good now, imagine how good I'm going to be when I don't have to do schoolwork. That's scary. So, that's that. Miranda Maverick, Joel Alvarez, two prospects to look out for. Um, That was the early prelims. Now, let's go on to the prelims. Dan Ung Jung versus Sam Alvey. It ended in a draw. I can see it ending in a draw because I gave Dan Ung, Ung Jung the first two rounds. But then I gave Sam Alvey a 10-8 round the third round. So, there's that. So, that ended in a draw. You don't see that too often. And then we already talked about the Kazakhstanian fighter. Kutis, Kutisnov and Oliveira. I'm telling you, bro, this Kazakhstan guys, the truth. Next fight, Nathaniel Wood and Casey Kenny. What a fight. Casey Kenny wins by KO. Like, he destroyed this guy, dude. And, like, this guy keeps fighting. Like, he's one of these fighters, like Danny Rodriguez. Um, my boy, mm, Kevin Holland, who fights on Saturday. On Halloween night, and I forgot to pull that fight card up because I want to talk about that fight card, so I'll pull it up later. Um, but yeah, like he's one of these guys that keeps fighting again. Another fighter, I just want I don't know what direction they would put him in, but like I don't see him in the mix yet. Just take whatever comes to him, and I would like to see where he goes from from here, and then the. The main prelim, Taitui Basa versus Stefan Struve. Dude, there was something different in Taitui Basa's eyes. Like, I heard for this training camp, he went to AKA for a little while. I don't know specifically for this training camp, but I know after his last loss, he went to AKA to wrestle a little bit. And then Stefan Struve, the skyscraper submission specialist, but Taitui Basa took it to him and ended up knocking him out. Sadly, he couldn't do his patented shoey because they didn't let him, but he did do it in the back. So, let's keep a lookout for Ty Bam Bam to Ibasa. Always a fun guy to see fight and win. 
He just seems like a good dude in general. Alright, we're gonna move on to the main card if this thing lets me. Main card. Magomed Akilaya versus Ian Kutislava. Bro, this was the one where like the dude got in his face and like they almost fought before the bell went off and then once the bell f went off in their first fight, he was playing possum and the rep thought he was hurt and so he stopped it prematurely and then they rematched and then I think one of them tested positive for COVID so they were forced off the card so they finally fought here. Dude, this Akilayev guy. Another dude from Dagestan in the light heavyweight division, number 11. I should pull up the rankings. I'm going to see where he can go from here. But another guy, bro, like I'm telling you, these Russian Dagestanian fighters, like the R Russia in general, they're going to take over the UFC, bro. It's a matter of time. I, I said earlier, they didn't have a heavyweight fighter. I, I was wrong. They have Volkov. Volkov's number nine at heavyweight. Yes, he's not from Dagestan or nothing like that. And they have Alexei Onolik. But they these Russian fight, like, I'm not saying all of them, but, like, around 80% of these guys are good fighters and they end up in the top 10 of whatever division they are in. But there are some of them, like the guy that Michel Pijera fought, that went 0-3 in the UFC and a lot of people expected big things from him. But it didn't happen, but... For the most part, these Russian guys, they don't mess around, bro. Like, they don't. I'm telling you, they're going to take over, bro. Eventually. Like, they're, they're going to be what Brazil was, in my opinion. Let's see, let's see. He's number 11, Akitlaev. Let him fight. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Misha. Misha, he could fight Misha. Nikita Krilov. I think Nikita Krilov and Anthony Smith are going to fight. Or you could have him fight um, Volkan Ozdemir. Since Jiri and Reyes are slated to fight in February. I wish it was Jiri and... I mean, not Jiri, Reyes and Rackage, but it's going to be Jiri and Reyes in February. I wonder if they offered it to Rackage and he wasn't going to be ready by then. But Jiri was ready to rock and roll. But there you have it. Akilayev versus Nikita Krilov. That's the fight I want to see. Because I think Misha is going to fight Anthony Smith. I I read that somewhere. Okay. Next fight. Next fight. Next fight. Bam. Lauren Murphy versus Liliana Shikaroba. Rovia. Shikarovia. Lauren Murphy, in my opinion, solidified her title contention with the win like it was dominant bro like she didn't barely win it this this was as dominant as you can get so she deserves a title shot yes she was supposed to fight Cynthia Calvillo but she ended up fighting this chick because Cynthia tested positive for COVID at, 
that was out of everybody's hands. So, give Lauren the winner of Jennifer Maya and Valentina Chevchenko. That's gonna take place UFC 254 November 21st. Good job, Lauren. I believe you deserve the title shot. And I believe Cynthia should now fight Jessica Andrade. And the winner of that will get the title shot after Lauren does. Or they might end up fighting Lauren if Valentina or Jennifer get too injured and Lauren doesn't want to sit out for too long. But I believe Lauren deserves the next title shot. Okay, next fight. Jacob Malkoon versus Philip Haas. Philip Haas just blasted him. I haven't seen this guy fight too much. But again, he's another fighter that I don't know where he would go. But I would just like get, I just want to see him fight and get into the top 10. Like, I don't like picking and choosing fights for fighters that aren't in the top 10. Because, or because if they're not in the top 10, there's not a window. Like, they could go anywhere. Like, they could fight number 10. They could fight number 15. I like... Breaking it down more for the top 10 guys because there's not a lot of there's a lot of room for them to go down But there's not a lot of room for them to go up. You know what I mean? So it's easier when they're like a top 10 guy because you can see like okay This guy's matched like because a top 10 guy like if he's number 10 you, you would for sure say he's not gonna fight number 5 So you could say I could see him fighting number 8 number 6 depending on because a lot of times the guys are booked already so you could break that down a little easier. And then next fight. Alexander Volkov versus Wal Harris. Again. A Russian dude. I'm like I'm fixated that these Russian guys, they're all gonna have all the belts in the divisions eventually. Eventually. Like they they only need Russian female fighters to step it up to really Take over the MMA world, cause right now they're still dominated by two, by the Kazakhstan fighter, the Chinese fighter, and the two Brazilians. I say two Brazilians because I include Chris Cyborg because she's the 145 pound champion, and a Hawaiian, and Alimale McFarland, cause I'm including Bellator in this conversation. But eventually, bro, I'm. Almost certain that there's gonna be a Russian fighter, a female Russian fighter that will come and beat them all if they're still fighting while that time comes, or maybe not, maybe not. But these Russian fighters, bro, like I'm fixated on the fact that Russia's gonna have all the men's titles in the UFC sooner rather than later. I mean, look, Peter Yan's already the 135 pound champ. My Zabi, he's he's top five in featherweight. Khabib's the champ. Islam will be champ in my opinion if Khabib does fight. If Khabib fights because he retired, if Khabib fights, he'll fight just one more time and then relinquish the belt. If he doesn't, if he hasn't relinquished it already. And then we don't have a welterweight. Russian yet, not yet, but we'll get there. Middleweight, 
Khabib's training partner from AKA just just won a contract off the contender series because of how dominant he looked. Like heavyweight, you got the guy Akilayev, and now heavyweight, you got Alexander Volkov. Dude, like these guys are no joke, but Alexander looked very good. He's number nine. Let's look at the rankings. Look at the rankings where he can go from here. Okay, so Alexander Volkov. Okay, the problem is Francis is going to get the title shot. Curtis Blades already beat him and he's going to fight Derek Lewis. He could fight Alistar over him. But he did want to fight Yazinho Rosenstrike and Rosenstrike wanted to fight. Alistar wanted to fight Rosenstrike too. Um, you could give him Junior Dos Santos, but I don't know if he's willing to fight a dude because he fought Gerald Harris and I mean Walt Harris and Walt Harris was ranked number 10 when he fought him. So, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight either Rosenstrike or Overeem. Because none of those two guys are booked. Even though all three of those guys are trying to fight each other. But we'll just see, man. I mean, he lost against Curtis. But I feel like he learned from it. And the rematch there would be a lot different. But Curtis is going to fight Derek Lewis the week before UFC 254 in the main event, so we gotta see how that fight plays out. So we'll see, we'll see. Co-main event, Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. Bro, first of all, if you can't say Robert Whitaker is the second best middleweight behind Israel Adesanya right now, you're just a hater, bro. Like, honestly, you are a hater because that dude looked way better in his return fight against Darren Till after he, he lost to Whitaker. Like, after, not Whitaker, Adesanya. After he lost to Adesanya, he got better. Like, one of two things happens after a fighter loses. They keep losing and, like, they lost whatever fire they have or they reinvent themselves. And... Robert did that Bobby Knuckles. He did that. He came back. He had a close fight against Darren. And then he dominated. I believe it was 30. 27. The judges gave Cannoneer one round. But I believe it was 30-27. But. So I think he solidified himself. As the number one contender at middleweight. And that would be Izzy's next title defense if he stays at middleweight. Because there are rumors of him going up to fight Jan Brakovic. That Jan said, Izzy, if you're really going to come up and fight me, let's fight in March. So we'll see what happens there. Because both those divisions right now. I believe next week, Tiago Santos fights Glover Teixeira. Let me see if it'll tell me. I believe next week they fight the first weekend of November. And if Tiago wins, he would be the number one contender at light heavyweight. Unless they do this super fight. 
Now, if they do the super fight, like, I don't like it for two reasons, because it's going to hold up two divisions, because let's say they fight in March. Let's say Izzy wins. They're going to try to sell the John Jones-Israel Adesanya fight, and that holds up the light heavyweight division, which has killers. And let's say Santos wins. You want him to fight Rackage? Like, he's not going to want to do that. Let's say Santos beats Glover. You want him to fight Rackage? You want him to fight the winner of Giri and Reyes? I don't think Santos would want to do that. So, like, there's my only problem with champions having super fights that it holds up the division. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, let's say they fight just to fight. Like, they vacate the title just to fight. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But the problem is that if Izzy wins, he's going to hold both belts. And realistically, I'm pretty sure if he wanted to, he he would defend both belts. But it's like this is a hard sport, bro. Is, is it physically possible for him to do that? Cause it's not like boxing where they're gonna fight every few months. Like they'll fight twice a year. Like they have fights every weekend, and that's holding up two divisions. He would have to fight at least once every three months. And I don't know if that's physically possible if he were to remain active with both divisions active. So, if I had my pickings, I would want to see Robert and Izzy rematch. I would want to see Jan fight the winner of Thiago Santos and Glover Teixeira. Because I think that's just the right thing to do. And then let Jiri and Reyes play out. And I wonder what Rackage is going to do. I wonder, I know he just got married. And I want to say he's going to have a baby. But I know he just got married. So he probably was looking for some time off. So we'll see, bro. We'll see. Okay. Main event time. Habib, the Eagle, Nirmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje. Again, I don't know what these judges are looking at. That two of them gave Gaethje the first round. Like, dude, really? Like, Habib was chasing him down the whole time. Like, Justin looked stagnant at times when Habib was popping him with his punches. And, like, he I'm not going to lie to you. Habib got popped a few times. But other than that, Habib was in control the whole time. Especially at the end where he almost got the arm lock and started hitting him in the ribs. But then let go. And then completely took over in round number two. And then he took him down. And then he did a triangle from the mount. That was beautiful. But bro. The story of this fight was not Habib's dominance. But everything he went through with the loss of his father. Due to COVID complications. Back in July. And he still went through. And probably had that. This was probably his most dominant performance ever. Because I believe Habib won the first round. And he was winning the second round. Like, in my eyes, Habib did not lose a second of that fight. Habib is clear number one, pound for pound, 29-0, undefeated, undisputed, lightweight champion of the world. And he, he's, for me, he's over John Jones. The reason I say this is because I take everything into consideration. John Jones has tested positive for steroids, yes, they're minimal amounts, and they figured out that trace amounts don't really help anybody, but still, he came out positive. Habib's never come out hot. Two, Habib, unless it's with another fighter, has never had legal issues. Like, yes, he's had legal issues, 
but with other fighters, like with the with the Conor McGregor situation, with the Artem Lobov situation, like he's never had legal issues like John has. And when you represent a company, I believe that's also part of the game. Um, three. John's like I've questioned if John has won a couple of his fights. Most recently, his fight with Reyes, and then his first fight with Alexander Gustafsson. And then his fight with Thiago Santos. Even though I had a feeling John won that fight, a lot of people had Santos winning. And so did a judge. It was a split decision, if, if you guys don't remember. Thiago Santos has a split decision lost over John Jones. Whereas Habib, honestly, for me, the only round he's ever lost was the, the third round against Conor McGregor. And by all accounts, he took that round off. Like, he let that happen on purpose. Because after that, he just turned it on him. Because he said what he didn't want to happen was to beat Conor earlier for people to say he got lucky. Like, he wanted to put damage on him. So, that's why, for me, Habib is number one pound for pound. People are going to argue, like... Honestly, bro, it comes down to opinion. Like, it doesn't matter what I think. It's all opinion. So, we'll see what happens. And then he did retire. You saw that emotional scene of him kneeling, sobbing in the middle of the ring. And then in his post-fight interview, saying that he promised his mother that he wouldn't do this without his father. And he retired from the sport. But then Dana revealed that he may fight one more time to get to 30 and all like his dad wanted. And for me, selfish reasons, I don't really want to see that GSP fight. I know for his legacy, he would want that fight. But for me, I want to see him fight Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is number three at lightweight. Yes, he lost to Justin. But I believe with a win over either Chandler or Poirier or even McGregor, Tony's right back into the hunt. And it's a fight we all need to see, bro. For book it one more time, Dana, for the sixth time. Tony versus Habib, and it'll happen, bro. Cause if coronavirus didn't happen, that fight was gonna happen in April. Cause none of they weren't injured. They were not injured, and Tony cut weight twice, which I don't know if he regrets, but. In hindsight, I believe that was his downfall. I'm saying that. He's not saying that because I've had countless arguments with people saying like, well, he did it. He can't use it as an excuse. He's not using it as an excuse. In fact, when people bring it up, he says, I don't know. I know what I was doing. But I'm saying I don't think it was a smart decision. That's me personally. So if Habib, if you do fight one more time, will you please fight Tony Ferguson for me? Please, Habib. Alright, guys. That's my recap of UFC 254. Let me check out my notes. See what else we got on tap for you guys. Oh, before the UFC 254, the news came out that the UFC took Leon Edwards out of the rankings for inactivity. But, bro, let's be honest. They did that dude dirty because they told him, fight Hamza Chimayev. And he might he must have said no. They're like, okay, then we're gonna take you out of the rankings, boom. And then after they took him out of the rankings, he says, okay, I'll fight Hamza. They put him back in the rankings. So now December nineteenth, 
is going to be Leon Edwards versus the Wolf, Hamza Chimaev. So an unranked guy is going to fight the number three guy. So imagine if Hamza wins the way he's been winning. He proves that he's the truth. And he takes, like, in all honesty, he should take the number three spot. Or he'll catapult himself at, into the very least, the number eight at the most, the number five spot in the welterweight division. So we'll see what happens there. So December 19th, I'm excited. I'm honestly more excited for this fight than I am the last two pay-per-view cards of the year. Even though Peter Yan and Aljo are going to fight, I'm pretty excited for that fight. I'm more excited for the Wolf versus Edwards. So, let's say Habib, he does stick to his retirement. What does the, the lightweight division look like? Well, you got Connor and Poirier. Like, by all, they've said, by all signs show that they're going to fight January 23rd. Where? That's undecided. But where? Um... Nobody knows. They're say, they're looking into. I, I don't want to say looking into, but Connor suggested Cowboy Stadium, which it's a smart move because as I said last week that in Texas they are letting some fans in, so you would want a gate rather than no gate, especially for a Connor McGregor fight. But I don't know if that's something the UFC is willing to do. But January twenty third is the return date. Conor McGregor and he's gonna fight Dustin Poirier and I said to countless people you should put Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler on as the co-main event and have the two winners of that fight each other at a later date and make because my my thought process was okay Justin lost so he's not he shouldn't get an immediate title shot because he got dominated So, I don't believe he should get an immediate title shot. Like, the difference between Johnny Hendricks and Justin Gaethje, the reason I bring up Johnny Hendricks is because when he fought GSP, GSP didn't retire. He, He took a hiatus from the sport that night. So, as the next title fight, they booked... Robbie Lawler versus Johnny Hendricks. But the difference is, Johnny Hendricks, a lot of people thought he beat GSP, so there was some merit to it. Like, he didn't get beat down like Justin Gaethje did. I'm not trying to disrespect Justin, but I'm just saying that's what happened. So, in my opinion, I'm like, Justin should fight someone else. Like, he shouldn't even be considered for the tournament, but then... Other people were like, no, he lost to Khabib, who was the champion. He should be the first guy to be considered for the tournament. But my original thought was, you do Tony versus Chandler. The winner of that fights the winner of Connor versus Dustin at a later date. Like, those guys fight in January, International Fight Week. You never know where we're going to be at by July of next year. Hopefully, like... You could do it in the new Raiders stadium. You crown the new lightweight champ that way if Khabib sticks to retirement. If he doesn't, 
I would like to see Tony fight Chandler. If Tony wins, he catapults over Connor and Dustin because Khabib already beat them. And the winner of Connor and Dustin fight Gaethje on the undercard of Khabib versus Tony. Whether that be in September of next year in Abu Dhabi in the new stadium they built. And they fight on the undercard. And if if Tony were to lose and then right there Khabib retires. You can make the winner of Gaethje versus the winner of Connor versus Dustin. You could put them in that spot for the title and then have two other people since they fought that night have an up and like let's say Oliveira and Chandler you can have Oliveira and Chandler fight I know it's a lot of moving parts hopefully you guys are still with me you could have Oliveira and Chandler fight and the winner of that fight will fight the winner of of the Gaethje versus the winner of McGregor Poirier but that's only if Khabib doesn't retire so if Khabib retires, I'm going to stick with my plan that you do the tournament McGregor versus Poirier, Tony versus Chandler. The winner of each fight fights at a later date, hopefully International Fight Week. If Khabib stays for one more fight, if Tony wins, he catapults and fights Khabib in September of next year in Abu Dhabi, and then you put... The winner of McGregor Poirier in a, in a fight with with Justin Gaethje like that doesn't even need to be on the same card. Just make it close enough that they're gonna be on like the same timetable as preparation time. Like it could even be a week after. Like you could have, let's say September. They could fight in August. They could fight in August and then. Tony and Khabib fight September. I don't know. That's just an idea I had. I hope I didn't lose you guys. If I did, I do apologize. But that's just an idea I had. But we're going to move on. We're going to move on. So, the Halloween fight nights on Saturday... Let me pull up the card. Let me pull up the card. Main event, Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall. And what is being promoted as Anderson Silva's last fight in the UFC. I wonder, like, this is what I wonder. Because Anderson Silva says he has two fights left. But I wonder if, like, he's getting to the age where, like, Dana feels like he's taking too much damage. And they tell him, okay, Anderson, we'll give you one more fight. But that's it. Because he's saying it'll be his last. He's not saying that he's retiring from MMA. But that it's probably his last fight in the UFC. And like. For me that's kind of sad. Because. It's not that I don't want. I want to see Anderson Silva. Live a good healthy life. Like I don't want to see him keep fighting. And him keep taking unnecessary damage. Because I want to tell you guys something. When Anderson Silva won the middleweight title from Rich Franklin. It was. In October of 
2007. October of 2007. Okay. To put it in perspective, I was in 7th grade. When he lost that belt, I had just finished my first year of community college. I mean, th that that is six years of dominance. And I'm going to tell you something, bro. He would have won that fight against Chris Weidman if he wasn't clowning around that whole time. Because something happened to Anderson Silva in that first fight that he couldn't he couldn't channel that same energy in his next fight where he ended up breaking his foot. Or in his fight with Nick Diaz where Nick Diaz was talking all that smack. But let me tell you, bro. If he wasn't clowning around that whole fight, I think Anderson Silva would have still been champion. If he would have fought, like, fought, like, he could have, he clowned around a little too much because he acted like he was hurt. He acted like a bunch of stuff. And he was, he was hurting Chris Weidman throughout that first round. But then he, he just got too cocky and he got caught. Chris Weidman... And then Chris went on a run. And then Anderson, like, he never really got back to that Anderson. Like, something happened after that second fight with Chris. But yeah, it would make me sad to see him keep fighting. If, if this is really going to be his last um, UFC fight, like, I would just, Me, personally, I can't tell Anderson what to do. But me, personally, I would, I would want to see him just retire. Because Anderson Silva is one of my favorite fighters. Okay, here we go. Who else is on this card? Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty, Camel Shorts. He ain't going anywhere. Reebok versus Andre Touchy Feely. What a fight. What a fight. Bro, I'm so excited for this fight because, like, they're two polar opposites. Andre likes to stand on the feet and fight, and Bryce just likes to use his grappling. I'm pretty sure Bryce could throw on the feet too, but I like Bryce in the fight. I think he's the more technical fighter, but it all just depends if Bryce can take him down and fight with him. So I like Bryce in that fight. Maurice Green versus Dan Hardy. Even though I'm not the biggest Dan Hardy fan, the dude could fight. I like Dan Hardy in this fight. I gave my picks on my Instagram page if you guys would like to follow at Punch in the Mouth Official. But I like Greg Hardy in this fight. Middleweights Kevin Holland versus Kevin Holland versus Charlie, bro. Well, that's a good fight right there too. I like Kevin in that fight. He says he was gonna come back for one more fight this year. I believe this is gonna be his fourth fight. I like Kevin in the fight. I oh, know. <laughs> I I laugh how him and Neil Magny are trying to fight Hamza Chimaev so bad. Like, Neil Magny came out and said, I guess Hamza felt Leon Edwards was the easier fight, so he picked Leon Edwards. Which, I don't think that's true, but Neil Magny was campaigning super hard to fight Hamza Chimayev. But you never know, Hamza's kind of crazy. He might come back and fight both of them after he's done fighting Leon Edwards, even if he wins. So, I like Kevin Harlan, Kevin Holland versus Charlie. And then Bobby Green versus Thiago Mo Mo Maurice. Moises. Moises, sorry. 
Moises. Bobby Green, this is like something changed in Bobby Green, bro. This is gonna be his fourth fight. He's already three and zero in you in twenty twenty. Like something changed in Bobby Green because he was always good, but like he like something very similar to the Jorge Masvidal situation where they were always very good, but then they figured something out where like something snaps in their head and they just become this force to be reckoned with. Bobby Green, my boy. I remember seeing him on Bully Beatdown. Let me see. I want to see the prelims because there's two fights on there that interest me. One is with Courtney Casey. Let me see. Let me see. Is Courtney Casey not on here? Did did that something happen to that fight? What happened, bro? I saw it yesterday. Okay. Well, Courtney Casey doesn't seem to be fighting on this card anymore. But the prelim fight that I want to see is Alex Hernandez versus Chris Grutzmasher. Grutzmasher? I don't know. I got to learn these names, bro. But there it is, guys. So I got Anderson Silva, Bryce Mitchell, Greg Hardy, Kevin Holland, Bobby Green, and Alexander Hernandez. Those are my picks for this week's fight night. Let me see. Do I got anything else in the notes that we haven't talked about? We talked about Reyes versus Jiri. Oh, we didn't talk about Robbie Lawler pulling out of his fight with Mike Perry. From the November 21st UFC 254 for an undisclosed injury. So after that, Mike Perry called for a fight with Hamza Chimayev at middleweight. And Hamza is crazy enough, nothing has come of it, but Hamza is crazy enough to accept the fight and then go fight Leon Edwards. Nothing has come from that, but one thing that I did see from the Instagram post is that Carlos Connett wants to fight with Mike Perry, so we'll see what happens there. If Carlos Condit and Mike Perry fight, and Carlos Condit looks like the Carlos Condit that fought back in October... Bro, can they please book Nick Diaz versus Carlos Condit 2 in 2021 if Nick Diaz really is going to come back? Like, please, 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 for me, selfish reasons, please, 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 please. Okay, guys, that's all I got for you. Have a good night. Enjoy the fights. Happy Halloween to those who celebrate Halloween if you don't. Eat a bunch of candy, let your teeth rot. It's 2020, the world went to crap this year, so it's okay if you discard the health care of your teeth for one day. Just brush them really good at night before you go to bed. Deuces, guys. Enjoy the fights.